your Bibles, please, to the 44th chapter of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 44, page 752, if your Bible is a Schofield Reference Bible. I'll be reading the first four verses of this chapter. We'll read the verses responsively, and then we will turn to yet another verse of Scripture, also in the same book. The third verse of this passage is text verse. And let's stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee, and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeserim, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses. Chapter 55 of Isaiah. And just the first verse. Let's read the verse together, please. Ready? Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and thee that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Let's pray. Father, we sense that there's some urgency about that which we're about to hear. Help us to hear as we ought to hear, with ears and with hearts, and help us to be tender toward thy leading. God, us want to do a work. Help that there might not be anything of hindrance to that which you do. Lest we pray our preacher and help us as we hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Heavenly Father. What a responsibility it is to speak to thousands of people. Little did I realize when I timidly gave my life to you that someday I'd ever speak to this many people at one time. But along with that opportunity comes tremendous responsibility. We have needs tonight. I do not know what they all are, and if I did, I couldn't meet them all. The Holy Spirit, thou dost know every need in this this room. Thou dost hear the cracking of every broken heart. Thou dost feel the load of every burden. Thou dost catch every tear that falls. Do thou tonight in this room a work of grace in all of our hearts. Please, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to speak tonight, and I want you to listen to me very, very carefully. I want to speak tonight on the subject, you can be as good a Christian as you want to be. If you're not a good Christian, it's because you've chosen not to be a good Christian. If you are a good Christian, it is because you've chosen to be a good Christian. You're just as good a Christian as you have decided to be. I get a little weary of people saying, well, I would have turned out right if my daddy had given me enough, uh, taken me enough ball games. As I've said so often, if your daddy took you to a cup game, that'd make you turn out wrong. 
But I, I'm talking, I'm saying that my Bible said every man must give an account of himself to God. So I'm saying that if you're not a good Christian, you've chosen not to be a good Christian. And if you are a good Christian, it's because you've chosen to be a good Christian. And you are, to whatever degree of a good Christian you are, it's because you've chosen to be where you are. I want to speak tonight from the text we read a while ago, Hold everyone that thirsteth. I will pour water on him who's thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I want you to get good and thirsty tonight. I want to share with you tonight this matter of, I almost call the sermon, Blessed are the Thirsty. Happiness, now follow me carefully, I, my introduction is rather lengthy tonight. My, the body of my sermon is rather lengthy tonight. My conclusion is very lengthy tonight. And you don't mean that. You know you don't mean it. If I let you out in 25 minutes, you'd all be shouting. So nobody's going to shout here tonight, I'll tell you for sure. But, but I'm saying this, that I, my, my introduction is, is a little lengthy tonight. And uh, usually my introduction is only about an hour and a half long, but tonight it's a bit longer than that. So I want you to follow me in the introduction very carefully. I want to say three things by way of introducing the sermon. Number one, happiness is based upon thirsting. Happiness is based upon thirsting. You're as happy as you are thirsty. Number two, the kind of thirsting that brings happiness is that kind whose quenching starts another thirst. Let me say it again. The kind of thirsting that brings happiness is the kind whose quenching brings. And in that quenching of your thirst, he creates another thirst that he quenches, that creates another thirst that he quenches, that creates another thirst that he quenches. So happiness, as I said a while ago, is based upon thirsting. And the second thing I said, the kind of happiness or the kind of thirsting whose quenching starts another curse. Uh, uh, thirsting. Now see, Jesus offers life. Life reproduces. The world offers death. Death does not reproduce. For example, you go out and, and, and you get on narcotics. And you will take some narcotics <coughs> and become an addict perhaps. And then uh, that's that then you've got to have a, you have to change your thirst. Then you go to liquor. And then you go to illicit sex. Then you go to something else. That's the way false religion is. Cultists go from one religion to another. <laughs> one cult to another. But you see, Jesus offers you a satisfaction for your thirst, which creates another thirst that he may satisfy, which creates another thirst that he may satisfy, Life always reproduces itself. And when God gives you, uh, you come to Christ and live for Him, then there's a thirsting, and God said, I'll pour water on him who's thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. And then He said, with that thirsting, I will create another appetite, another thirsting, and, uh, and so forth. That's why Alexander the Great said at the age of 29, I have no more worlds to conquer. All of his thirstings were satisfied. But with Jesus, you'll never, you, you'll get satisfied, 
but a new, fresh desire will come into your soul, which he shall satisfy, and a new, fresh desire will come into your soul, which he shall satisfy, and a new, fresh desire will come into your soul, which he shall satisfy, and it keeps going on and on and on and on. Um, the difference between heaven and hell, for example, Revelation 22.11 says, Let him that is just be uh, just still, let him that is unjust be un unjust still, let him that is righteous be righteous still, let him that is filthy be filthy still. What it means in heaven, it will be a constant opening of a new truth, which will open a new truth, which will open a new truth, which will open a new truth. Jesus said in John 8.32, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What was he saying? You'll, you'll know the truth, and that truth will set you free to learn another truth, which will set you free to learn another truth, which will set you free to learn a, another truth. But the devil gives you a satisfaction for the one appetite, but gives you no other appetite, and so you're at your dead end. Now, let me see if I can, can illustrate God is so wonderful, He wants you to be thirsty and have a goal all the time. And so He gives you a different, refreshing thirst that may be satisfied only by Him, and that thirst carries with it a new, refreshing thirst. Now, that, that means that you can be, be that's the third thing I want to say, you can be as good a Christian as you want to be. Now, you listen to me. You're not backslidden because of your mom and dad. And you're not backslidden because of a church that disappointed you. And you're not backslidden because of, uh, of uh, Jim Baker and, uh, what's her name, uh, Tammy. Hey, I don't know people's names, but I'm glad you do like that. And, no, you're not backslidden because I've lost all faith. No, no, you're backslidden because you chose to be backslidden. My Bible said, I'll pour water on him who is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. Now, I want you to use your Bibles with me tonight a little bit. I want you to open your Bibles to John chapter number 4. John chapter number 4. The very famous fourth chapter of John, the story of the woman at the well. Verse number 13, page 1119 in your Scorpio Bible. John chapter 4, verse 13. I would suggest if you haven't found it now, you stop your search. Just look intelligently at whatever page you happen to be on. The rest of us will read it. I want you to read out loud verse 13 with me, please, of John chapter 4. Ready? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Now read verse 14 out loud. Ready? But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. I'll read verse 15. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water, that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Now, this woman was coming to the well at Sychar. She was coming to get water for her family. Women did all of the water bearing in those days. They would come and they'd put the water in a bottle, a bottle made of skins, and put the bottle on the head, and that's where women got flat heads, and on the head, and they'd carry the water, and uh, so, uh, by the way, she, she came and she got water and Jesus was there. And Jesus said, I'm in the water business. She said, oh, you're in the water business? What kind of water do you sell? 
And he said, I, I have water, that one drink of it, you'll never get thirsty again. That's, that's pretty well secure the believer, isn't it? One drink, you'll never get thirsty. Oh, she said, my, give me this water. She said, I'm so tired of coming up here and getting, getting a water in a bottle and putting it on my head, going back home, coming back, get water in a bottle. Maybe she's had to have some camels and she had to take the water back and feed the camels and she'd put the bottle of water on her head, get back and pour it in the trough and the camel go, and then she'd have to go back and she'd have to get another bottle of water, put it on her head and go back and pour it in the trough and the camel go, and I don't have any, each camel can, can do. But, but uh, she said, oh, give me this water if you'll never get thirsty. Now, wait a minute. Jesus was not saying there that you'll never get thirsty for anything else. He was saying, you will never get thirsty again for salvation when you come to Christ. Now, the first thing I want to say in the sermon tonight is this. Man by nature thirsts for salvation. You may not admit it, but you want to be saved. You may say, I'm not interested in that, but you want to be saved. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. And you want to be saved. Oh, you sound, oh yes, you want to be saved. Every single atheist wants to be saved. He won't admit it. Everybody, you want to be saved. Man, by nature, thirsts for God. And the only way that thirst is going to be satisfied is through the living water, who is our Savior. You're not going to be satisfied with the world. You're not going to be satisfied with your nightclubbing. You're not going to be satisfied with your drinking. You're not going to be satisfied with your dope. You're not going to be satisfied with your country club life. You're not going to be satisfied... That you come. And by the way, you won't get satisfied because you're confirmed as a baby. You won't get satisfied because you're, uh, you're baptized uh, into the church. You won't get satisfied because you take the Holy Communion. You won't get satisfied because you take the sacraments. You're only going to get satisfied as far as that insatiable thirst. I want to know I'm going to heaven when I die. I want to know I'm not going to hell. I want to know that I'm saved. And the only way you'll ever get satisfied from that thirst he is through coming to Christ and accepting Him personally as your Savior. But now quickly, let me go further. That's not the message. That quenching, when Jesus saves you, that quenching opens up another thirst. Look at John chapter 4, verse 28. Again, please. Same chapter and on down to verse number 28. Now the woman has just taken a drink of eternal life. She's saved now. And look at verse number 28. Read that out loud, please. Ready? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men. I'll read the next. Come, see a man who's told me all things I ever did. That's stretching it just a bit, isn't it? He didn't tell her all things she ever did. Uh, but she was a woman. You certainly understand her exaggeration there. And uh, said, Come. And, and, and see a man that told me all things I ever did. Now, the minute she got her, her, her thirst for salvation quenched, then a new thirst came. What was that thirst? To tell it! To tell it! I'll sing it, I'll tell it wherever I go. I want all to hear it. I want all to know the joy of salvation that makes my heart glow for I've been born again. She said, I've got to tell it! 
I've been married five times. I'm living with a man right now who's not my husband. And this man came and offered me living water. And I'm saved. And I'm going to heaven. And I know if I died now, I'd go to heaven. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Now my soul is free. In my heart's a song. There in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. I shall live eternally. Bless God, my sins are gone. And she said, I want those fellows I've been sleeping with to know about this. Right over here in Calumet City, and you've heard me say this time and time again, a prostitute five, less than five blocks from where I'm, about five blocks from where I'm standing right now, a man came to our church one Sunday morning. He walked down the aisle. He received Christ as his Savior and was gloriously saved. That man had been doing business with a prostitute over in Calumet City. Been going over there every week, and, 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 and she'd been selling her merchandise to him for, for, for months and months and months. That man got saved. The first thing that man thought about was go back over there and tell that prostitute she can be saved too. He walks over there. She says, come on in. He said, didn't come to do business with you. I came to tell you something wonderful that happened to me. I went to First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. I realized that I was a sinner, that I was lost, and, and, and I wanted something I wanted all my life. I found out how to get it. I got saved. I'm going to heaven. He said, I want you to go over, and I want you to talk to Brother Hiles and the pastor of the church and let him tell you what he told me last Sunday. I had a knock on my office door just a day or two later. I went to the door, and there was one of the wickedest-looking faces and most uh, improperly clad bodies you've ever seen in your life. And that little lady looked at me, and she said, I'm a prostitute over here in Calumet City. And she said, one of my customers came to your church last Sunday, and he said he got saved. He came back and he got something that's a new man. She said, could you help me get what he got? <laughs> I said, is the Pope a Catholic? I mean, is the Cubs going to come in last place? Sure, I can tell you. I told her how to be saved. That woman is sitting right here tonight in this building. She, that woman is a faithful, soul-winning member of First Baptist Church of Hammond. Why? Because as soon as that man got saved and got one thirst quest, another thirst came. A hunger, a thirst. I've got to tell it. I've got to. T and I wonder some about the genuineness of your salvation if you don't have to tell it. Because when you get the thirst quenched of salvation, then there's another thirst that comes with that quenching, and the other thirst is to tell somebody about the Savior. Well, when I first got saved, I was a little ghetto-bound boy in Dallas, Texas, out in the southwest part of the Dallas place we call Lisbon, but we also called it Hungry Heights because it was a ghetto area, and my daddy was the alcoholic of the neighborhood, and, and, um, and I didn't own a pair of shoes that were my own when I was 14 years of age, and everything I ever wore were hand-me-down shoes. I never ate an egg till I was 14 years of age, never ate a hamburger till I was 14 years of age, and uh, never saw a, a, a toilet inside a house till I was 14 years of age, and uh, and uh, I, I, uh, I, one night my daddy came in drunk. He took his fist and he hit my little 100-pound mother. My daddy was a giant of a man, 235 pounds, a wrestler when he was young. My daddy was came in drunk. He hit my mother, and, and I saw a tooth fall out of her little head, and I saw blood drip on the floor, and she crawled back to my daddy and put her arms around his feet and looked up and said, I love you, Effie. And my daddy took his hand and whacked her across the jaw and knocked her across the room. And a big knot swelled up on her head, and I saw my mother crawl on her hands and knees back to my daddy and hug his feet and say, I love you, Effie. I love you, Effie. And that night, 
I knew I wasn't saved. I wanted to know I was saved. I wanted to be saved. I was thirsting in my soul. The next night in the evening, walking out the back door on August evening to services out in the backyard behind the church that night, I knelt on a little little walkway and I said, Dear Jesus, if you'll take a poor little drunkard son, a poor little ghetto-bound barefoot boy as, as yours, I'll take you as my Savior. And that night, for the first time in my life, I knew I was saved. Oh, happy day that fixed my choice on Thee, my Savior and my God. Well, may this glowing heart rejoice until its raptures all abroad. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. And you can have that same thing happen to you tonight. If you'd walk down these aisles and let somebody tell you the wonderful story of redeeming grace. But wait a minute. I had a buddy named James Stone. He had a brother named George Stone. They had a sister. I've forgotten her name. But I, know she, I know she was fat. That's all I remember. I don't know what her name was. I think her name was Fatty. But first thing I thought about that night, I wonder if James is going to heaven when he dies. The next Sunday morning, well, the next morning I went to James and I told him, I said, James, would you rather have a mansion or a shack? I didn't know what one, what the, I just knew I had a mansion, didn't know what a mansion was. And the next Sunday morning, I got on a bicycle, and I rode to James Stone's house, and I, I pumped him to church. You know, you still pump folks on a bicycle? He sat on that bar, it was a boy's bicycle, he sat on that bar, and facing that way, while I pumped him two miles to church. Then I got a bicycle, and rode back down to James's house again, and got his brother, George, and put him up on that bar and pumped him two miles to church. And then I went back down. I wish I hadn't done this. But wait till I get there, please. I hate you folks that get ahead of me in this sermon. And I got James's fat sister and put her on that bar and, and uh, pumped her down to the church. I, six miles that morning, I rode that bicycle. Three miles pumping people and two, three miles riding back. And after church, they had to get home too. And I pumped James and back home. Then I went back and pumped George back home. And then I sent word for the fat girl to walk back. And I, my mom didn't raise no dumb boys. And uh, so I, uh, by the way, that morning James Stone got saved. George Stone got saved. As the name James Stone was written down in heaven. The name George Stone was written down in heaven. The name Fatty Stone was written down in heaven. But I'd never want a soul to Christ. I did not win them, but I had a part. Oh, but that thirsting, and I wanted to be a soul winner. But I was too timid, and I was too shy. But I thought, oh, God, help me to be a soul winner. Oh, God, I pray you. I'd hear the preacher preach on soul winning. And down in my soul, I'd have the first thing I've got to do, and I want to do it. And I won't go into the story that you've heard often. But that day when I, the timid boy, introvert of introverts, could hardly speak a word in public speaking in high school, I went up and knocked on the door of a high school football player named Kenneth Florence. A deacon was beside me named Jesse Cobb, and Jesse said, to, he said, Jack, I'll do, the, I'll do all the talking. All you've got to do is just, just uh, pray. And he walked up, and Kenneth Florence, this high school football player, came to the door. 
And Jesse Cobb, this deacon, said that, uh, Kenneth, he said, my name is Jesse Cobb. I'm glad to meet you, Mr. Cobb. He said, this is Jack Hiles. And I generated all the extra version I could and had him. And Jesse said, Kenneth, Jack here wants to say a few words to you. Oh, no, Jack didn't either. No, Jack didn't. I do not know what I said. Jesse told me what I said. I do not know if this is true or not. This is what Jesse said I said. Jesse said I said, would you like to come to church tonight? And Jesse said, Kenneth said, yes, I would. And Jesse said I said, you would. And Jesse said, Kenneth said, yes, I would. And Jesse said I said, I'll come by and get you at 7 o'clock tonight. And uh, I went by that night. I borrowed a car. Went by that night and drove up to Kenneth's house. The big old tackle on a football team. And I walked out and got in the car. We drove to church that night. We sat back on the second row from the back in about a thousand-seat auditorium, my home church. And I sat beside him. And he weighed twice as much as I did. And I was scared to death. But I said, oh, God, I want to be a soul winner. I don't know what to say to him, but I want to be a soul winner. First thing. I'm talking to folks tonight. You you hear us talk about soul winning. You'd like to be one. There's some kind of a thirsting in your soul. You want more than you have. Not enough just to get out of heaven and take a fire insurance policy on your soul. There's a thirsting in your soul. That night I didn't hear what the preacher said. I knew I had to win Kenneth, and I didn't know how. Invitation time came. I put my arms around his big old broad shoulders and I said, wouldn't you like to be saved? He said, yes, I would. I said, you follow me. I don't know how to tell you how, but the pastor does. You follow me. We walk right down that aisle. I said to Brother Sizemore, I said, Brother Sizemore, this is this is Kenneth Lawrence. He, 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 the, uh, my, the, uh, ours, the, you, he wants to be saved. And I turned to walk back. My job was all over. And the pastor said, hold it, Jack. He said, Kenneth, Jack here wants to tell you how to be saved. He's as big a liar as Jesse Cobb was. And I knelt over here, right over here. My life was about to be changed. I knelt right here. And I said, Kenneth, I don't know all about it. I've never done this before. He said, Jack, I know what to do. He said, I've had soul winners by my house every Sunday afternoon. I'd have gotten saved a long time ago, but he said, you're the first person I thought really cared for me and really loved me. That's all this old hungry world needs is somebody to care. That's all. Down in the human heart, crushed by the tempter, feelings lie buried that grace can restore. Touched by a loving heart, wakened by kindness, cords that were broken can vibrate once more. I said, Kenneth, he said, I know what to do. I said, then do it. And that man, the football player, began to pray. He said, dear God, thank you that Jack cares about me. And dear Lord, dear God, thank you that Jesus died for me. Have mercy on me, a sinner, and save my soul. I do now receive Jesus as my Savior. The, I mean, the fireworks of heaven turn loose in my soul. For the first time in my life, I actually myself led someone to Jesus Christ. My thirsting has now been quenched. I was thirsting for salvation, and I got it quenched. And that quenching brought a new thirsting, and that thirsting was for me to be a soul winner. And now, you know, in, in the next seven days in that church, 37, no, eight days, 37 people walked the aisle 
professing faith in Christ as Savior that I won to Christ myself. That's one reason why I'm for soul winning. I went on my knees that night, a thumb-sucking introvert, and got off my knees a loud-mouthed Baptist preacher. And that's why I'm for soul winning. Don't you feel a thirst in your soul? Oh, you say, Jesus satisfied! He satisfies a thirst to know your name is written in heaven, but that thirst creates another thirst. And that thirst is to tell somebody about it. But wait a minute. When that thirst was quenched, with the quenching of that thirst, it brought another thirst. I thirsted for salvation. I got saved, and that salvation brought a thirst for me to tell it. And then I became a soul winner. And the quenching of that thirst brought me another thirsting. Matthew, we won't turn to this one. Matthew five sixteen. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Psalm seventeen fifteen. I shall be satisfied when I wake in thy likeness. Listen to me. In John 15 it says, If you abide in me, you bring forth fruit. And he that bringeth forth fruit, the Lord purgeth every branch that bringeth forth fruit. As soon as you become a soul winner, that thirsting, that desire to lead someone to Christ and to have someone going to heaven because you witness to them, that brings another thirsting, and that's a thirsting to live a clean, pure, dedicated, righteous life. Nobody wonders what I believe about this. I believe in separation from the world. I don't think a Christian ought to dress like the world. I don't think a Christian ought to sing like the world. I don't think a Christian ought to, ought, to, ought, to, ought to act like the world and live like the world. My Bible says we're supposed to be peculiar people. This old, this old pink tea and lemonade Christianity that doesn't change your life. This modern day, live like the world, talk like the world, sing like the world, wear your hair like the world, dress like the world. That's not Bible Christianity. My Bible says we're chosen a peculiar generation, a royal priesthood, a desire. Don't you have a desire to live a clean Christian life? Oh, it just may be that you've got some beer in the icebox, but don't you have a desire to live a life that's clean? Don't you thirst tonight? The Bible said, those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Don't you have a desire to sell out for God? Aren't you tired of being half in and half off? Aren't you tired of being half in, half out, half on, half off, milk and cider kind of a Christian? Don't you have a desire to be a good Christian? Some of you folks tonight, you come to First Baptist Church regularly, and you see all these people, and all these amens sort of bother you. I hope they do. I hope they do. And but, but down inside your soul, you're saying, I wish I had what they have. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm serving notice on to you. This is real. This is real. Yes. It's real, it's real, I know it's real. Praise God, the doubts are settled and I know, I know it's real. A hungering and thirsting after righteousness. I, I hasten, no, I don't ever hasten to anywhere, but I, 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 I go back. I thirsted for salvation. God gave it to me and that was quenched. But the quenching of that thirst opened up another thirst. And that was to tell it. And I told it, and I'm telling it. And the quenching of that thirst opened up another thirst, and that was to live a separated, holy life for God. And the quenching of that thirst opens up another thirst. Take your Bibles and open your Bibles to Amos chapter 8 and verse 11. As long as it took you to find John, we'll be here till morning for you to find Amos.
It's, it's right before Andy. Sorry. Well, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry about that. I turned right to it because I got it marked here. I spent an hour this afternoon finding it. Page 939, Amos chapter 8. I want you to read verse number 11 with me, please. Can you find page 939? Could you find the table of contents? Amos chapter 8, verse 11. Read it out loud, please. Ready? Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, and a famine, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. <laughs> All of a sudden, when you, when you have a thirst for Jesus and He saves you, and that creates a thirst for soul winning, and you tell somebody, and that creates a thirst for righteousness, and you live a clean life and clean your, clean your act up, then all of a sudden there's a thirst that that quenching brings for you to know this blessed book. I'll guarantee you that your love for this book is in direct proportion to how separated you are from the world. I'll guarantee you. I remember after I became a soul winner, God called me to preach and I went off to college. I remember how I wanted to learn this book. Oh, I wanted to learn this book. I was called to pastor a little church. I mentioned it last night to our preacher boys. And I wanted to know this book, and I didn't know it very well. And I was pastoring a church out in the country, and, and I, pre- I didn't know the Bible. I preached one whole sermon on Deborah instead of Deborah, on Deborah. And the vice president of my college was there when I was preaching that sermon on Deborah, had another one of our preacher friends that, that preached on the book of, uh, he preached on the Philippines 419 and, uh, and uh, Malachi 310. And, uh, and, uh, but I, 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 I sat there in my study out in the country and I opened the Bible and I said, oh God, I want to know this book. I want to know this book. I'm not thirsty for water. I'm thirsty for the Word of God. I want to know this book. Listen to me. If you're not saved, don't you feel that thirst tonight for salvation? If you are saved but you're not ever telling it, don't you feel a thirst to become a soul winner? I think about these ladies in our church just recently become soul winners. They've joined our foster club, foster club and our, one of our soul winning clubs. And our ladies, 70 years of age and older, out knocking on doors telling folks about the Savior. And many of them have said to me, Oh, Brother Hiles, I always wanted to be a soul winner. And, and after all these years, I'm finally a soul winner. You say, Brother Hiles, I'd like to be a soul winner. How can you get thirsty? Get thirsty for it. Well, how do you get thirsty? Well, you get thirsty because you work hard. You get thirsty because you, because you eat. When you eat, you get thirsty. You go out and buy a sandwich. What do you want to drink with that? You get thirsty. You get thirsty because you get hot. You hang around here very long, you'll get thirsty. It gets hotter than this sometimes. You'll get thirsty. I'm saying, don't you feel tonight, those of you that don't know this book, don't you want to know it? Why don't you beg God, oh my God, give me a thirst. I want to know the book. 
more than I want to watch the television set, more than I want to read the magazines, more than I want to watch the soap operas, and more than I want anything in the world. I want to know this book. My Bible said you pour water on him who's thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I'd get on my knees in that little country church parsonage. I'm sorry, study. And I'd say, oh God, I want to know this book. Oh, God, help me to know this book. Four hours every morning, Monday through Saturday, four hours, from Monday through Friday, every morning for four hours, I dig in this book and beg God to show me this book. Ladies and gentlemen, this is God's book. This book always was. Somebody said, Brother Howes, how long has this book been written? Never was a time when this book wasn't written. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Always was. This is simply a copy of God's eternal word, a message from the King of kings and Lord of lords. Don't you have a desire to learn it? And then I got in the word. I thirsted for salvation. God saved me, and with that, with that quenching, He gave me a thirst to tell it. And with that quenching, He gave me a thirst to live a righteous life. And with that quenching, he gave me a thirst to live in the book. And with that quenching, he gave me another thirst. I wanted to know him. Open your Bibles, please, to Psalm 42, verse 1. Psalm 42, verse 1. I want you to read out loud the first two verses. Page 619 in your school for your Bible. Psalm 42, verse 1. Read it out loud, please. Psalm 42, verse 1. Ready? As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth. Read it. My soul thirsteth for God. Read it. My soul thirsteth for God. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? Yesterday I was out praying in the woods. I looked up and I saw uh, a deer. I was blonde or brunette, I've forgotten, but I know, I saw, just want to see if you're listening, I saw a deer, and I, I stopped, and here came another one, and here came a third one, and uh, I, quite often happens, I'd say once every month or so when I'm in the woods praying, uh, I'll see a deer or two or three, and I stood there and watched them, and they stood there and watched me, and we just watched each other. I watching them and they watching me. And then all of a sudden, I moved a little bit and they got tired and scared. They got tired looking scared. And they started running and they ran through the woods. And I thought about this verse. As a heart panteth after the water brooks, so thirsteth my soul after thee, O God. Aren't you tired of this halfway kind of Christianity? Don't you have a desire to know God? Don't you have a thirst? Oh, if I could just get the members of this church to be thirsty to know Him. As a heart panteth after the water brook, my soul thirsteth after Thee. Oh God, I thirst for God, he says. Other places in the Bible says about the same thing. Psalm 63, 1, my soul thirsteth for God. Psalm 143, 6, my soul thirsteth for God. I want to know Him. Let me go back now. I wanted to be saved. God knows I did. And as a little ghetto-bound boy, I got saved. 
my thirsting was quenched. And with that thirsting, uh, quenching, there came another thirst. And that thirst that I want to tell James Stone and George Stone and the big fat sister and others about the Savior. And I, they got saved. And then I won Kenneth Florence to Jesus Christ. And my thirsting was satisfied. But with the satisfaction of that thirst, there came another thirst. And that is, I wanted to live a separated life. In those days, I went to movies. Now, movies, <laughs> movies in those days were like Sunday school classes compared to what, what they're like now. In those days, no woman ever smoked a cigarette on a movie. In those days, even married couples had to have twin beds on the movie set. And in those days, nobody ever said a curse word. I recall uh, that uh, uh, Gone with the Wind. Uh, he said, uh, I don't give a shucks at the end of it, you know, uh, more than And we, we were horrified that he would have the word D-A-M-N in a, in a movie. And I, uh, I realized, though, though there was no immorality on movies, there were men and women kissing each other, weren't married to each other. And I, I knew something was wrong. And I hungered to live a life that was pleasing to him. And one day, I said, as the choir sang tonight, nothing between my soul and the Savior, naught of this world's delusive good. I dare you to show me one place in this Bible where Jesus says, give me second place in your life. I dare you to show me any place in this Bible where Jesus says, give me part of your life. But I can show you place in the Bible that said, lay your all on the altar. I can show you place in the Bible that say, that you're supposed to lay aside every weight and the sin, every sin that does so easily beset, and run with patience the race that is set before you. I can show you where it says, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. And so I decided that I was going to live a life separated. And that was a wonderful, wonderful quenching of that, the thirst. But with the quenching of that thirst, there came another thirst for me to know the Word of God. With the quenching of that thirst, there came another thirst for me to know God personally. If I have one desire for the membership of this church, it's for you folks to know God in a personal relationship, as I said last Sunday night. But then there's something else. I got to know Him. Not just saved, but I got to know Him. Thirsting for salvation, that was quenched. That brought a thirsting for soul winning, that was quenched which brought a thirsting for righteousness, that was quenched, which brought a thirsting for, the word, for the, the word of God, and that was quenched, which brought a thirsting to know Him personally, and that was quenched, which brought a thirsting for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Open your Bibles to John chapter 7, verse 37. John chapter 7 and verse 37. Page 1125. Read it out loud, please. I want you to read the three, uh, three verses, 37, 38, 39 of John chapter 7. Ready? In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit 
which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet giving, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. What I'm saying is this. I began to thirst for the power of the Holy Spirit. And I won't go into what I've been into so, through so many times here. But as a young preacher in East Texas, I used to say, Oh, God, when I preach, I want folks to be moved. When I preach, I want you to speak. And I want you to speak from within while I speak from without. Oh, God, I want your power. I went Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Had nobody walk the aisle into my preaching in my little country church. My deacons, I lost down to less than 100 pounds. I weighed then 135 pounds. Today, I weigh uh, more than 135 pounds. Uh, I finally got your attention. Um, but uh, I weighed 135 pounds. I couldn't eat. I lost down to less than 100 pounds. My deacon board called me and they said, Preacher, we've got to talk to you. I said, What is it? They said, Preacher, you're not eating. And I said, If I do, I'll throw it up in a little creek behind the church. They said, Preacher, you've got to take care of yourself. We love you. We need you. And I said, I can't take care of myself. I don't have the power of God. I'm not going to have God's power. I'm not going to be a dead, dry, dusty preacher. I'm not going to do it. And I got thirsty again. Oh, I'd been thirsty before to get saved. When I got that quenched, I got thirsty to be a soul winner. When I got that quenched, I got thirsty to live a righteous life. When I got that quenched, I got thirsty to know the Word of God. When I got that quenched, I got thirsty to know Him personally. When I got that quenched, I got thirsty to know God's Holy Spirit in the fullness of His power. And I used to cry. Oh, I'd walk in the woods and say, Oh, God, give me Your power. Could it be that what you gave to Dwight Moody in New York City that day could be available for me today, a little country preacher in East Texas? Could it be that what happened to Savonarola on the pulpit on the platform one day when he sat for five hours, could it be possible that that could be for me, a little boy, 500 years later, a little preacher in East Texas, a little country church? Could it be that what happened to John Wesley at 4 o'clock in the morning after praying with 60 preachers all night long, could it be that could be available for me? Could it be that what happened to Christmas Evans when he was thrown off his horse on his circuit while riding one day, could it be that that's for me? Could it be that what happened to George Fox when he went alone for two weeks and was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, could that be for me? And I began to thirst. Oh, listen to me tonight. I wish I could turn out a generation of preachers of Hiles Anderson and Connie. that are thirsty for God, thirsty for the book, thirsty for His power, Thirsty for the souls of men. I've got to have God's power. I've got to know this book. I've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit. I've got to know God. I've got to be a soul winner. Thirsty. That's what God says. I'll pour water on him who's thirsty, and I'll pour floods upon the dry ground. Now I'm 62 years old. It's been a long journey been preaching for 42 years. Over 46,500 sermons have come from this voice of mine. That's why it's rested so much of the time. I've got another thirst. I'm thirsty to see my Savior. Oh, I want to see Him look upon His face. Oh, I want to thank Him for His saving grace. I'm thirsty to see Him. I'm thirsty for heaven. Revelation 21, 5 and 6. Let me read it to you. 
you need not turn to it. I'll find it sometime this evening. I've got, I preach out of a new Bible every week, you know, so I can give you prizes. And it's pages stuck together. He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write these things. These words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. I'm thirsty to see him. I'm thirsty to see my mama. I'm thirsty to see Dr. John Rice. I'm thirsty to see Brother Roloff. I'm thirsty to see my good friend, Brother Bob Keyes. I'm thirsty to see my two little sisters I never met before. They died before I was born. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty to see my old preacher, Brother Sizemore. I'm thirsty to see Jesse Cobb, that little man that taught me how to be a soul when I met you a while ago. I'm thirsty to see Mrs. Bethel, who put me on her knees when I was five years old in a Sunday school class and told me that Jesus loved me. I'm thirsty to see him. Oh, listen. You know one reason this great crowd is here tonight? Because I've been thirsty all my life. And God's going to bless the last years of my ministry. You know why? Because I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I've got more new ideas. Listen, if you knew how many ideas that I've got right now, you're going to have to finance. You'd drop dead. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty for reality. I'm thirsty to reach our nation for God. I'm thirsty to see preachers turned into great citadels and evangels of the grace of God. I'm thirsty to see our churches become more than worship centers and become great evangelistic centers across America. I'm thirsty. And that's why tomorrow morning I'll be flying to North Carolina. And that's why last Monday, Tuesday, I was somewhere. Everybody's got to be somewhere. I've forgotten where I was. That's why for 25 years, every Monday and Tuesday, I board a plane at O'Hare Field, fly somewhere. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty to see this great Chicago area have what they had when Mr. Moody was alive. I'm thirsty to see this great Chicago area have what happened to it when Billy Sunday was alive. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty for this book than I've ever been in my life. I'm thirsty for His presence than I've ever been in my life. I'm more thirsty for soul winning I've ever been in my life. I'm more thirsty for His power. I beg you tonight to get on your face and beg God to make you thirsty. Don't you want to be a soul winner? Don't you want to be... Don't you have a desire? Isn't there something that beats in here and says, I'd like to be a soul winner. I've never done it, but I'd like to be... Get thirsty. I'll pour water, he said, upon him who's thirsty. Aren't you thirsty tonight to live a clean, separated Christian life? Aren't you thirsty to come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing? Aren't you thirsty? Don't you feel a thirsting in your breast tonight? Aren't you thirsty? Aren't you thirsty tonight for this blessed old book? Aren't you tired of wondering what it says? Aren't you thirsty to find out the truths that are in this blessed book? Aren't you thirsty tonight to know Him personally in a real relationship with your God? Aren't you thirsty tonight to have God's power upon your life? And aren't you thirsty to have something real? It's real. It's real. I know it's real. Praise God, the doubts are settled. And I know, I know it's real. 
Oh, I hunger for this church to get thirsty again. I hunger for us to get thirsty. I hunger for our board of deacons to get thirsty for God's blessing. I hunger for our college to be thirsty. I hunger for the faculty in our college to be thirsty. I've got to do it. I'm thirsty. I've got to do it. I'm thirsty. I hunger for the preacher boys in Hiles Anderson College to, to go right out of here like like uh, Samson tied the tails of all the foxes together and set the set the fields on fire. John Wesley used to say, I just set myself on fire and folks come to watch me while I burn. Aren't you thirsty? Look at me. I'm finished. Look at me. Don't you want to be a soul winner? Aren't you thirsty? Don't you want to live a clean Christian life? Don't you want to know this book? Don't you aren't you thirsty to know him personally? Aren't you thirsty for the fullness of his power? If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ, aren't you thirsty to know that your name is written in heaven? I've sort of given a biography of my life tonight. I was thirsty as a little lad to be saved. Bless God he poured water on that thirst and in the quenching of that thirst he opened up another thirst just like he did the woman at Sychar's well he opened up a thirst for me to tell it and be a soul winner and bless God when I won Kenneth Florence to Jesus Christ for the first time in my life if I'd won a soul to Christ I could not tell you how I felt and the quenching of that thirst opened up another thirst I decided no longer were the movies for me and I decided no longer would I live halfway on one side and half on the other side. I thirsted for a righteous life. That was quenched, and that quenching brought another thirst, and that thirst was to know this blessed book. And I thirsted for this book, and thank God this blessed book through these years has been like a spring of living water, an artesian well flowing up unto everlasting life. I got to know this book. I thirsted to know its, know its author. But with the quenching of that thirst, there came another, another thirst. And that thirst was to have the power of God upon my life. What are you thirsting for tonight? What are you thirsting for? Don't you want something more than what you've got? Aren't you dissatisfied with this modern-day Christianity? No different from the world except one hour a week you go to church. Sometimes an hour a week. Aren't you thirsty for something that's real? So I prayed to God in earnest, not much caring what folks said. I found it was real. It's real. Oh, I know it's real. Praise God, the doubts are settled, and I know. I know it's real. Father, once again, across this old pulpit, has gone forth the message of Christ. Somebody tonight, Father, wants to be saved. I pray tonight that thirsting shall be quenched. 